Spotlight. I'm your host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to the Power of Authority Spotlight. I'm your host, Michelle Prince, and today we have an awesome guest who's going to be talking to us about authority, which we all know how much I love authority and helping people to to make a bigger impact in this world. It's all about influence, and it's really all about helping others and serving others in our business and our personal life. But Eric Jensen, let me tell you a little bit about him, and then I'll bring him on to the show. So Eric is the co-owner of Predictive ROI, a seven-figure marketing agency helping businesses monetize their position of authority. Love that. A business owner since age 14, Eric began his entrepreneurial journey via national juggling business that took him and his brother around the country. That is so cool. We will be diving into that. Um, But now he's the chief strategy officer at Predictive ROI. Eric developed the podcasting strategy that made the agency over $2 million dollars which was, which was featured in the book, Profitable Podcasting. Very cool. Welcome to the show, Eric. I'm glad to be here, Michelle. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have lots to cover uh, today. Of course, I want to know about, uh, the, we're going to get into the more personal stuff, but tell me about predictive <laughs> ROI, because that juggling, I'm not going to let that go. Um, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say, most people don't. So, uh, yeah. Um, so predictive ROI, it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we help agencies, coaches, and consultants build a position of thought leadership and monetize it. Um, and so obviously our, our team, our company has gone through different permutations uh, over the years, but that that is that is where we've been at and firmly at uh, for the last five years. And, and it's been a blast, honestly. So what kind of things do you do for businesses and, and who is your ideal client? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so our ideal clients, like I said, agencies, coaches, and consultants, generally speaking in the one, uh, 1 million to $10 million in revenue range. Um, and, and generally speaking, they have at least a small team behind them. They're, they're not still uh, slogging it out on their own. Uh, although that said, we've been able to, to help some of those folks. It just depends. Um, and, and they've got to check a few boxes. So we, we call them the 10 truths of authority. Uh, there's, we won't go through the full list, uh, or anything along those lines, but, but there's certain things that we look for from our clients. Uh, and that is one, they really have to have a, a passion for their subject matter. Um, they need to be happy and willing to be an educator in some way. Um, and, and they really need to have a strong point of view. Now we can help them develop that strong point of view, but they need to be, uh, able and willing to talk around a strong point of view. Okay. Very, mm-hmm. very good. And the talk, let's talk about podcasting because you wrote a book, uh, profitable podcasting and, and you, it's yeah. $2 million back to the agency as a result of podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so podcasting is really, uh, it's an interesting platform and, but I want to, I want to put it in its place. So podcasting is a tactic. It's not a strategy. Um, and so there are many, many different tactics that you can use to develop a position of, uh, authority and thought leadership. Um, and some of them are, you get a little bit more bang for your buck. 
Uh, podcasting happens to be one of those. So other, other sorts of what we call cornerstone content, and I can go into a definition of that if that would be helpful, but yeah. uh, other types of cornerstone content aside from po- podcasting would be video series, primary research, um, you know, prolific blog writing, um, doing, doing interviews of, of various sorts uh, through various mediums, things along those lines. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But podcasting sits kind of in this this happy little medium. So video is your highest context. It's easy for you to be able to pull out the audio and turn that into a podcast. It's easy for you to take the audio, transcribe it, and turn that into written content. If you start with written content, which is the lowest context, it's more work to take it up the chain, which is part of the reason why, even when we think about your own content, right, you record this in video. Why? It gives you the most possible ways that you could use it. And you don't have to try to go back and reinvent the wheel later. It's all done at the beginning. Exactly. In fact, that is the whole reason. I I do love being able to see you though, because I think that makes the conversation easier, but it is, it's all, I say it all the time. You have to repurpose, you know, don't recreate the wheel, use the, the easiest way to, to get it out there in all of these different, you know, media. Well, leverage your time. It's, it's really about leverage to make, to take advantage of the content that you're creating in a way that most companies don't do. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, mo- most companies really suck at atomizing their content. And I know that that's harsh, but, but it's just the reality of where it's at. Um, it, is, it is incredible what we find sometimes hiding under the digital bed of companies, just gathering dust. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we pull it out, it's like, you have all of this goodness you have all of this work that has been that has been created and is just sitting there. You've already put in the time. You've already put in the resources. You've already put in the smarts. It's still useful, but you just didn't have a plan to atomize it and get it out and continue to leverage it. So you just use it once and then it's, it goes away. So I'm smiling. You can see me. I'm kind of laughing because I know I'm probably pretty guilty of that. And I think all are. <laughs> most creators are right. You know, we right. love the creation and I do, I love to write. I love to create, I love courses and seminars and all of these things, but you're right. It, there, there's probably so much more we can do. And we joked about it before we even went live is, you know, I know I have plenty of room for improvement in my own marketing, uh, but what do you suggest for, for business owners who feel that overwhelm of, we should be doing more. We should be doing more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so there's a couple of things to keep in mind, and that is uh, take a good hard look at the things that you're already creating. So, uh, I'm going to use an example, a couple of examples that you already do. So, I, I know you were saying you can you can improve, but really, truly, like I, I've gone through your stuff. You do you actually do a really good job in in a lot of ways. It's awesome. And then maybe some ways that people don't don't think about. So, uh, one way is you as a business owner need to develop relationships. It's key to what you do. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this podcast affords you an opportunity to develop relationships. Mm -hmm. Case in point, what we're doing right now. You have no idea if if the relationship that I'm going to bring to the table is going to be the right relationship, but you don't let just anybody on the podcast. You're selective about who you have on the podcast. We have to share an audience. We have to share some things that are, are going to keep us cohesive, but what Pam Slippen calls a peanut butter and jelly relationship. We're complementary and non-competitive, Love right? That. Yes. So, so it's, it's really important 
you're developing these relationships, but you're doing it in a thoughtful way and you're creating content off of this. Yes. Fantastic. So there's a great example of being able to leverage stuff you're doing already to be able to develop more of a thought leadership platform and authority platform. Okay. Another thing, uh, going through your website, right? You don't just do this for your own. When you're out on other people's podcasts, you take that and you turn that into blog posts. You turn that into social media. You turn that into emails, right? Again, you're out, you're out getting your brand exposed. You're out developing more relationships. You're out practicing your content and the way that you articulate what you do, all of which you need to be doing anyway. Right. But you're not just letting it go. You're saying, okay, how can we repurpose this in some really cool ways? Mm. Okay. Now, I know some of your listeners are thinking like, oh, podcast, Ugh. I'm not doing it. It's yet another <laughs> podcast. We're not doing it. That sounds like terrible, terrible idea. Uh, and I get that. So this is one thing that I would encourage every business to do. Go back and look at a year worth of your emails out to your clients. Just look. How many how-tos have you written? How many strategy emails explaining something have you written? How many technical emails and walkthroughs and step-by-step guides have you written for clients? And maybe they're not ready for prime time. And I get that. How much would it take to turn them into something that could be prime time worthy, right? Right. Probably not that much. Most companies, if they went back through a year worth of their content and all of the things that they have done to be helpful, Mm -hmm. they have probably about two years to three years worth of content. So true. Right. And, and it's accessible to all of us. You need to have a plan for it. Don't get me wrong. But starting off with understanding what you should be doing already and how you can actually leverage that more is step one. Step two is having the process. Because if you don't have a, a process for how you're leveraging your content, it's not going to get done. Yeah. So, Michelle, I'm going to go out on a limb. I actually don't know the answer to this, but I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to ask. So we'll find out. Do you edit your podcast? Me personally? Right. No. we all have our gifts that is not mine (laughs) right do you write all the content and create all the social media graphics and video snippets and everything nope so all of this stuff gets done magically i'm putting air quotes around that right not because it it, your 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 team is just super super proactive and being like yeah we can think of all these ways it's because every time you finish one of these episodes there is a process that gets triggered and it doesn't rely on you. Right. It relies on things that you have already predetermined are going to get done with this content so that it can be leveraged to the best of your abilities. And you can always improve that process, add extra steps, modify it, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And if one person isn't able to fulfill that section of the process, that's fine. It's a process. Right. So you can find someone else to be able to do that. The machine doesn't break down. And you're not reinventing the wheel every time you step in to do an episode. Mm. Okay. Process is super, super important if you want to figure out how to leverage your content. And it cannot rely on the owner. Um, If it relies on the owner, again, life happens, life gets busy, and there will be reasons why it doesn't get done, which is why so often we hear about or see uh, businesses that get out their monthly newsletter twice a year, um, <laughs> or they, you know, they, they do their, their, their weekly social media post four times a year, things along those lines. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've been there, been there. And, and I think some of it is, is, you know, where you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you know, in the Absolutely. beginning, 
you created everything, you did everything, you, you knew how to do everything. And, and there is this shift that has to happen when you have to let go. Um, there's so many things we could figure out how to do, or I could figure out how to do, but that is not the best use of my time. You know, no. this is the best use of my time. Like you said, building relationships, talking to people that can serve our authors and, you know, and just, I, I love, it's funny you mentioned the podcast though, because I, and, and I, I do talk to people all the time. I'm, I'm so pro podcast for this reason. And, um, but so many people don't want to do a podcast and I understand because, uh, 12 years ago I had a radio show and, and it was a weekly show. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it was enough. It, it takes, it takes effort to put on a podcast. And so I was reluctant for many, many years to, to do this. And then I finally did. And, uh, and then COVID hit and that's another story, but my, my, cause it was in a studio. My point is, is now though, that I'm on the other side, I'm fully committed to it. I get more out of this podcast uh, than anything. And I don't even mean that from marketing, but just meeting people and engaging and learning. I learned so much just by interviewing people like you. We, we have, we have people that have been doing this for years, high plus years, and they love it. They love the conversations every time. And don't get me wrong. Um, there is work to it. There is, there is a choice of where you're dedicating your resources, just like any other content that you are putting out for the, for the world. Um, but I think you have to make the decision of, are you running from it because it's not the right fit? Or are you running from it because it's a little bit scary? Because most processes are scary when you first start off, right? And that's where finding the right people that have been down the path before many times is really helpful, right? Um, it's the same reason as why you don't do the editing. You found someone who has been down the road many times before and can handle that for you because there's, there's no point in you, in you rehashing that journey, mm-hmm. right? Oh gosh, there's so much there. I, I have to know though, how did you, how did you become this chief strategy officer, you know, co-owner of Predictive ROI? But I, I'm more fascinated with the backstory. Like how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, the backstory was uh, diverse and meandering. Um, but but yeah, so uh, grew up a little bit different and we did uh, a lot of travel uh, and things along those lines. We actually did uh, a lot of historical uh, events. So uh, I don't know if you know much about like rendezvous or things along those lines, sort of like Renaissance festivals, but yeah. more at 1700s, right? Okay. So I did a lot of that growing up with my family. Um, and we we did a bunch of different things, everything from uh, teaching people about voyageurs to itinerant families moving west. Um, we actually built log cabins and like reconstructed them on site for these different events. We trained oxen and horses and brought them with us. Um, so we did a lot of different things. And so I, I had a, an early push towards educating. So by the time I was 10, yeah, about 10, um, my brother and my sister and I were already leading, um, you know, classes for school kids, um, you know, hundreds of school kids, thousands of school kids over the course of a weekend. Um, and so that was fun. Um, and, and then from there, uh, my brother and I obviously decided that we, you know, we were out doing these things. We would try to find, uh, other methods of making income. So, uh, we would, we would haul wooden water for people. We'd help people set up and tear down their tents, you name it, uh, anything that we could do, uh, to the point where we were, we were on a first name basis with almost everybody at these events, uh, before long, cause we were, we were pretty well known. 
Um, and then, uh, and then a friend of ours eventually taught us how to juggle. And we thought, well, that's pretty cool. We decided to go out, we tried it. Um, and we made 25 bucks in like an hour and we were like, all right, this is pretty good. (laughs) So (laughs) we, uh, we started doing that more and, and it ended up growing from there. Uh, so we spent about 16 years doing that, um, traveling around the country and, uh, paid my way through college with that. Um, and then that is where I met my, uh, my now business partner, Stephen Westner. He was working in the small business development center. Um, and he helped me on a couple of, uh, projects and he really, um, and to this day, I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to meet, um, someone like him, both as a mentor, as a business partner, and as a friend. Um, so there was a, I was part of a startup competition at Duke university and uh, he helped get me in front of investors and things along those lines to at least get an idea of where the business plan sat, uh, which is amazing. You know, he, he pulled his own personal resources to be able to get a student uh, those, that sort of access. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then he was on the board of a, a, a nonprofit and I was doing a project uh, alongside him for the, the nonprofit as well. Um, and again, just really impressed. So uh, he had stepped out uh, of the university to to found uh, Predictive, and he gave me a call and asked if I wanted to be a part of it. Wow. And at that point, um, there is nobody else I would have possibly said yes to. Uh, I was already doing fine. Uh, the business uh, that that my brother and I were were running was doing quite well, actually. Um, and... And I was like, okay, let's give this a try. So I intentionally told them I wanted to start as a, as an intern, interestingly enough. Um, but my path was was ownership and things along those lines. But I wanted to make sure it was the right relationship uh, and the right fit. And I loved it. Um, he and I had a great time. Don't get me wrong. There was lots of, lots of ups and downs through any business journey. Some of them were... Uh, <laughs> some of them made us a little bit nauseous as far as like the mistakes along the way. Uh, but it was, it was awesome. It's been really, really good. And so as the business has evolved, uh, I, I lean more and more into the strategy work because I love that work. Mm. What's been some of what was maybe one of your biggest struggles as you all were growing the business? So the biggest struggle, this is one that, that we do talk about, um, was we uh, we decided to launch an event early on in uh, Predictive's life, and we fell into the field of dreams mentality. We got great speakers, we had great venue, we had great everything. We got you know ads and Success Magazine, you name it, uh, and uh, and we had two people register, um, and so we had about a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar hole that we had created for ourselves that we had to dig out of. Um, and, and it was for, I, I, I don't know if anybody else has experienced that sort of like a, an expensive mistake. I know I'm sure some of your listeners have, mm-hmm. um, but it is absolutely gut wrenching, um, when you realize kind of the situation that you've created, but we learned a lot of lessons, uh, a lot of valuable lessons along the way. And from that is really where predictive became what it is today. and. And we got dogmatic about building our list. We got dogmatic about building the community and the relationships and investing in, um, you know, the ponds that we we swim in. And um, 
it's been it's been really really good and and of course all that is has pushed us into this authority positioning all of this is pushed into uh really owning our own voice in the marketplace in a very different way instead of relying on the cachet of others yeah. uh to be able to bring us that success i'm so glad you mentioned that and you know one i can so relate i've been doing live events for the last 12 years and it's a lot harder than it appears <laughs> it's- yep. The hardest part is getting people there. And, and many, many, many people that I know, entrepreneurs have made that same mistake. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, no, no shame there, right? It's just a lesson learned, but a very painful one. Yeah, we're, we are transparent about our successes and our failures here. Yeah. We want people to be able to learn from it. But I love, though, that that was maybe a, a blessing in disguise because it, it, it really set the tone for what the business is today. You know, had that not happened, you know, you may be, uh, who knows where you would have taken the business from there, right? Yeah, it cut away our ability to be um, whimsical about where the business was growing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have that sort of a, a debt kind of lingering over you, the decisions you make change. And quite frankly, the ability to make decisions changes. Some of that was for the good. You're right. Some of that was not for the good, um, but regardless, it, it certainly accelerated our learning curve. Well, and now you help other business owners and coaches and entrepreneurs, and you you have you mentioned community. So let's talk about that. How how do people get involved with you and in, in the community that you've created? Oh yeah. Um, so my favorite way uh, is for folks to join our QA. Uh, we do a weekly Q and A. Um, and it, it's pretty straightforward. You just go to predictiveroi.com forward slash QA, um, to be able to sign up. And what we do is we teach for 10, 15 minutes. If I'm the one teaching, it might stretch into 20 minutes sometimes, but, uh, so, so anyway, we teach and then we, we open it up for questions, whether it's about the, what we just taught or something completely different, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it's it's an awesome group of folks that are there. And, and so not only do you get to be able to put your question out for uh, for us to be helpful, but you get to put your question out for a bunch of other really savvy business owners to be able to give their insights and experience on. And it's probably one of my favorite things to do every week. I love that. I will definitely check that out. So one, one, uh, one of my second to last question is, what so the the podcast is called the power of authority and the way i i think of authority it's just our ability to impact other people influence right personally or professionally but yes. you do have to have a strategy so what are you seeing and we've talked about some of them already podcasting but what else are you seeing that is helping businesses to build that authority platform and, and what do you see that's working maybe what's to come if you have any insight yeah i i would say that the the idea of a, an authority business model itself is something that most companies don't really fully understand yet. Um, and I think that authority in and of itself is also uh, a term that's it's used a little bit loosey-goosey mm-hmm. um, for anybody that happens to have a platform. That doesn't necessarily mean authority. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, when, when we write about authority in our book, um, there, there are very specific things that you have to get right. And one of those that I think is a really good lesson for people when they're, they're starting on this journey is you shouldn't be right for everybody. You're, it's not, this is not a popularity contest. 
In fact, for the vast majority of people, you should be boring. You should repel many people, okay? Because if you're trying to be everything for everybody, then you're just trying to be a celebrity, which don't get me wrong, that, that certainly has its own worth. But for most of us, that's an unattainable goal, right? There can only be so many celebrities in the world at any one given time that people are paying attention to. And they hop onto and drop off the radar fairly often. Right. Um, instead, what I would say is, what can you do to really dive deep into that niche that you serve really, really well and be the authority for them? stand out for them, be the resource for them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you focus on growing that right smaller pond, it can be incredibly lucrative. Yeah, that is great advice. I really, really like that. And you're right. You don't want to be, some want to be a celebrity, but, but it, what's the whole point, especially business owners? Why did you start your business in the first place? And, and who do you really want to serve? Great advice. Yeah, ho- hopefully you started your business to help. Uh, and solve a problem and improve the world and and really make a difference. Um, and again, you can do that more effectively if you narrow who it is that you're trying to do that for. You get efficiencies of scale, you get efficiencies of repetition, which is, I think, widely uh, disregarded by a lot of businesses, especially during the, the younger or startup phases. They're like, any problem? Yeah, because it's brain candy, right? They love to solve problems. Um, and so anybody that walks through the door that has a problem, they're like, yeah, I can figure out how to solve that. Yeah. It's probably true. <laughs> but once you solve the problem 20 times, you're going to be better at it. You're going to have seen things that, you know, it, are way different. You're going to look back at the first few times you solve that problem. And you're going to go, Ooh, I, I, I missed some pieces there. I, I could have done that a lot better. Right. Um, and so you're going to serve people better, but you're also going to be able to do it in a more cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so narrow is gold when it comes to authority positioning. Love it. Love it. So how can people get a hold of you and take advantage of the two special offers that you have, the book and the QA session? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the book. That's right. Yeah. So the book, um, you can always go to predictiveroy.com forward slash free dash book. And it is actually free. It's not one of those things where we then charge you for shipping and handling or some weird thing. Uh, and we just got the Kindle version up there too. So that's, uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, but we've shipped these books all over the world, including, you know, we've spent hundreds of dollars to make sure someone gets it. Uh, so we're serious about being able to help people with this because we know it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other way, obviously you can find us on social media. Uh, you can look me up, Eric Jensen. There's like a billion of us out there. Uh, but if you if you put predictive after it, I will I will show up. Um, but really, truly, my favorite way is is for folks to be part of the QA. Uh, it's 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 the best way to really get to know um, what the community is like and and learn from folks one on one. I just I don't think there's in there's any replacing that. Okay. Yeah. And that's, by the way, again, predictiveroi.com forward slash free dash QA. So do take advantage of that. Uh, just just uh, dash QA. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. Even, even simpler. And then it's free dash book for the book. Oh, so, my apologies. I'm glad you clarified that. Okay. You're all good. You're all good. I just don't want anybody to get frustrated if they go to the wrong place. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Eric. I learned so much. I know the listeners did too. So I really, uh, thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Happy to be here. And, uh, hopefully this was useful to, uh, to the viewers. Absolutely. 
All right, everybody, that's it for the Power of Authority Spotlight. Take what you've learned, put things into action, build that authority platform, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.